Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8718 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Morning, morning, Lyle. Morning, morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm not half bad, how are you? Terrible. What? You said that word again. <laughs> uh, I'm not apologizing for anything this morning, Lyle. But now I'm kidding. <laughs> Am I ruining your public holiday? Yes, you are. <laughs> it's not a public holiday. Well, not anymore. Well, not for the listeners now. Because this is a delayed broadcast introduction. It is, it is a public holiday now, but it's not when you hear it. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. We delayed broadcast always messes everybody up. There's a solution for it. Get on the live show. Absolutely. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And you get a better signal. Apparently. No, you yeah, do. You do. Get do a you? Perfect signal right across Australia. I'm confused as to how these things work. I know that you were strapped to the top of a church. No, no, no. You get on the live show by going to faithfm.com.au, pressing play, or getting the free version of the TuneIn radio app, oh. and then you've got a perfect signal everywhere. Very cool. Very cool yes. indeed. Yeah. And actually, do you know what? It's so much better because you can like win stuff and, and By the way, I was never strapped to the top of that church. I was hanging on for my dear life. Yeah. You're the I new, wish I was strapped. You're the new hunchback of Notre mm, Maitland. You better believe it. <laughs> Uh, we have a fabulous show coming up for you today. Um, I've discovered something that I want in my future backyard. Yeah. A beach. A beach, essentially. Yeah. Yes. So cool. You have to go Google this. Um, and then what else did we talk about? Man-made beaches. We talked about man-made beaches. Okay. Yeah. We did a big section on Israel for Lao, mm-hmm. and this is going to be interesting to follow because uh, of the issues that it raises around the issue of religious liberty in Australia as we follow the court case through over the coming weeks. And so we did a bit of introduction. We're going to have much more to say about it as we uh, as we actually follow these events through. It just, it's just blown the whole thing apart, hasn't it? Just really highlighted the fact that we have so little religious freedom, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. It does. You know, we and think we're so free. We actually are not. And where do we want to, you know, where are we going to draw the lines as far as religious liberty goes? You know, is it is it? Is it right for a person to restrict your religious liberty in a work contract? Mm. Um, is it right if that person is an elite sportsman, but not right if they're a cleaning contractor? Yeah. Um, what's the difference? You know, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole slew of issues, you know, because of course now social media is thrown into the mix and, you know, people have a global reach through social, you know, it just goes on and on. Yeah. And on. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to follow. We're just going to dive right in with that one. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we also have a quiz that is so hard. I don't think anyone got it in the end, so it's probably still open to have you be answered. So if you think you know the answer to the quiz, don't be shy by the delayed uh, broadcast. Just give us a call anyway. Have a crack at it. And, uh, yeah, get ready for the giveaway as well. Just another day that my Lord, my Lord has kept me. Yes, it is just another day.
That was Soul Stirrers bringing us just another day to start our day over. Just it another is, day. It is just another day, even though it's a public holiday. And we are remembering the Queen and the Queen's birthday today. Happy birthday, Queenie. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday. Not like she's listening. Um, but who knows? Maybe she is. Maybe she <laughs> Maybe is. She's a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of just another day, it is just another breakfast Bible quiz. All right, get ready to call 1-800-324-843 is the number if you can figure this one out. Because people have the luxury this morning of not driving to work and of looking this up in the Bible, I have made this really hard. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not apologizing for it. All right. So this is a who am I quiz, and the first clue is this. At the age of 62, I took over as king after Belshazzar was slain. Lyle is running down the answer. I knew you had this Yeah, right. yeah, come on. Yeah, that one's yeah, easy. Yeah. One of my favourite books of the Bible. There's uh-huh. another clue. Yes, okay. So If you know what my favourite books are, just go searching one of those. Give us a call if you think you know who that is. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your number 0491-064-669. And uh, if you get it right, I'm going to send you a really cool cookbook. Just the kind of thing you want on a mm. public holiday. Absolutely. Just to whet your appetite. It's the McDougal's All-You-Can-Eat Vegetarian Cookbook. It's by John and Mary McDougal. Have you heard of Dr. John McDougal? Yes. Yeah, incredible guy. Um, just we're so in debt to him for what he's done for the health industry. Um, you know, he's he's the author and founder of the McDougal Plan, um, which has just helped so many people uh, on their road back to health. And... Uh, if you'd like a copy of this book, just tell us the correct answer. Guess what else I'm thankful for this morning? Yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm thankful for my new jumper. No. I have a new jumper. Yeah, I know. Uh, <clears throat> my wife thinks I'm hot. I know. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Two of you sitting here making eyes at each other. Can someone please come help me? <laughs> ah, life is so good. Yes. Anyway, so what have you got in positively different news this morning apart from I'll the fact that my, my wife thinks I'm hot? No, no, no. I will tell you what's happening in the good world of good news if you and your wife could just uh, be a bit more professional and then I'll promise to tell. We're being very professional. No, what are you talking about? No, no, no. totally professional. Just making goo Like, you guys aren't teenagers anymore. If you could just wrap it up, that'd be great. <laughs> what do you mean? We're not teenagers anymore? When did that happen? <laughs> Maybe just go get your it. own room or something. Okay. This is really cool, Lyle. This has like hit my, I don't want to say shopping list or dream list or future house one day, but maybe list. But this is really cool. This is really cool, right? So it starts off a story with a guy. 
this guy grew up homeless mm-hmm. and illiterate, literally can't even write his own name. And um, he started to work in construction. Like his, his dad helped him get a job in, in construction um, after he tried like a, a number of jobs, but, you know, wasn't having any success keeping them down because he's illiterate and he's homeless and he's struggling. And uh, he ends up working as like an assistant in a construction company. And, uh, and it actually turns out he had quite a knack for it, right? Because he's, he's a bit creative. And, uh, and so from this rough upbringing, this rough, uh, you know, teenage years, he starts working his way up through the ranks in construction until he's, you know, managing whole teams of people and uh, is finally able to provide for his family. But he really found his niche. Um, this is so cool. So he, he, essentially he just makes backyard pools, right? Okay. But what he does is he takes his inspiration from nature, right? Oh, okay. And what he does is he, he first installs the pool. And then he tries to make it look completely natural. So this might involve... So it looks like a dam? Not necessarily a dam. The dam is just a natural swimming pool. Well, dam's been put there by a human, hasn't it? Okay. So this is, this is like if, you, if your backyard... Because like, you have to have quite a big backyard for these pools, I'm not going to lie. I'll show you in a minute. Oh, okay. But yeah, so... The big if, pools then. Well, yeah. So if, you're, if your backyard has like, you know, sort of a, an undulation to it, he'll follow the undulations to make it look like it's a naturally formed pond. So the, sh- okay. the pool might be a completely unusual shape. Uh, but my favorite thing that he does is he installs these pools and then he works on the outside, like the, the so you know, the, the, the rim, you know, where you jump off into the water and covers it and the whole bottom of the pool and the whole thing with white beach sand until it looks like you have a miniature beach in your backyard. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that amazing? But how do you manage the beach sand? I mean, wouldn't the beach sand just all just blow blow in or or wash into the pool whenever it rains? I don't know, but apparently... I don't know the particulars of how he does it, but apparently he's um he's been quite inventive with dealing with the problems, and so like he's even he's even patented some sort of special kind of pool pump to help deal with these kind of pools. So I mean, obviously because the pool the pool's full of sand, mm. you need to have some sort of special pump system because if you filled your pool at home, Lyle, with sand, you'd have a, a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> and um, <laughs> which I know well about. Yes, and um. You do. And yeah, and so, I mean, look, look this is one the uh, one of his customers' daughters. She's just—it looks like she's at the beach, right? She's That's a massive the water. pool. That's like it's huge, three times the size of an Olympic pool. It's enormous, and it's funny because uh, I watched a little video where one of the, one of his customers took a uh, a drone pic, a drone video of the pool, and next to the house, it makes the house look like a little hut. <laughs> <laughs> the pool. So this guy builds lakes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just for the record, this guy builds lakes. By the way, I've been to the world's largest swimming pool. Did you know that? Oh, it's have in Chile. you? Yeah, they in have, Chile. Uh-huh, they sail boats on it. It. What? There's a swimming pool you can go sailing on. It actually goes swimming in it. Yeah, of course. It's absolutely That's a swimming pool. Where is this? Where is this? It's in Chile. We're in Chile. Down, down on the coast somewhere. It's not that far from Santiago. I really would it's have amazing. thought it would be America. It's amazing. No, no, no. It's an awesome swimming pool. It's a swimming pool. It's, it's a proper proper big swimming pool and it's got uh, apartments all the way around one side of it and you can walk all the way around the other side and it's so big that you can actually sail boats on it. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I mean, that reminds me of the Mush Sea, which is um, a huge, huge man-built. It's not really for swimming, but people sail boats on it. It's in Germany, made by Hitler. Um 
Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, go check this guy out. His 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 uh, construction company. Like he's now like he's gotten out of full time construction and now he just full time does pools. So it's called Zydeco Construction. But check them out. He's in Louisiana, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd get him to come and make me a pool, a beach. I'd make him get me to make him a beach. Um, but yeah, check out the pictures because oh, there's something about looking at that color of water. There's one. There's a pool up in white um, sand that just makes you really. There's calm. a pool up on, on the sun on the Gold Coast that has sand in it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And rocks, um, artificial rocks and a waterfall and tropical fish. Oh, I love this kind of stuff. And it's a swimming pool. And you can go swimming in it. And you can see all the fish. fish. Yeah. Man, that's amazing. It is amazing. Very cool. There, another really cool story, Lyle. The first UK supermarket chain uh, is eliminating plastic from produce. And I'm so happy about this, Lyle. I just noticed this, uh, like, Two or three days ago, I walked into Coles and they're now starting to put rubber bands around bunches of bananas. I'm like, why do bunches of bananas need to be rubber banded? They're already joined at the top. There's no need for you to put any sort of anything on a banana. It just makes me crazy how like just when you think we're moving ahead with like getting rid of stupid superfluous packaging and people something, do something and it, stupid yeah and, and then that comes along um, but this that is the, like the dumbest thing I've <laughs> ever heard yeah Coles and Curry it's like no, you've got to tear bananas apart to get them to break off I know this, I don't, I'm like, what's the purpose of that? Anyway, uh, so this is uh, Sainsbury. You know Sainsbury in the UK? The third largest uh, supermarket chain in the UK. Uh, they're committed to cutting all the plastic from their produce, which includes everything from, you know, you know how often, like here in Australia, you can buy, like, unfortunately, no one should buy these anyway, mushrooms, uh, and they come in like a plastic box, and then they're covered in plastic. And it's just like plastic on plastic on plastic on plastic. And it's like, there's no point in having any of this. And... Um, and so Sainsbury, good on them, have decided, you know what, we're done with all of this. Like, it's not necessary. Um, you know, even stuff like when you buy sl- like sleeves of fresh herbs and they come in like a little pot and they have a plastic sleeve around them. So getting rid of that, so you can just buy the pot with the, with the, with the herbs coming out of it. They say that the, if there's anything like that still requires packaging to protect the product, they're going to start looking at alternatives, including going back to paper and, uh, and that kind of a thing. But even plastic egg trays are going to be gone. Uh, PVC, polystyrene trays, getting rid of all those. Uh, any sort of a film. The film is the one that I'm particularly concerned about because f- a film is the least recyclable plastic there is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because when it gets dirty, it's extremely difficult to clean and, and we can't yeah, recycle no, dirty can't plastic. So, And there's so much of that. But, you know, it's astounding to me when I look around the supermarket just how much plastic there is. And it's I almost like there's more plastic than food in the supermarket. Is, is, do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if you actually mm. weighed the two of them up. Because even if you go through the, the, like the cereal aisle, right, where you think you're just looking at cardboard boxes, you have to remember inside each one of those cardboard boxes is a plastic bag full of cereal. Like, why do you have to have the plastic bag? If you're already sealing... Stops your f- cereal from going stale. Does it, though? See, maybe they should sell them in tins. That's not a bad idea. Then it would be really expensive, but you could have a recycling system for the tins because, yeah, I don't know. Come up with a solution. Give us a call. Let us know. This is Peter, Paul and Mary early in the morning. Well, early in the morning, about the break of day, I asked the Lord, help me find a way, help me find a way. The promised land, the promised land. This, lonely body this lonely body needs a helping hand.
days are dawning. Day is dawning about my heading prayer. I pray to the Lord, won't you lead me there? Won't you guide me safely to the golden stair? Won't you let this body your burden share? Judgment comes, find the world in shame. When the trumpet blows, won't you call my name? Won't you call my name? When the thunder rolls and the heavens ring, when the sun turns black, never shine again. Never shine again. When the trumpet blows, won't you call me, please? Call my name. That was Peter, Paul and Mary with Early in the Morning here on Faith FM and just something to wake you all up and get you into the quiz. So let's have another clue for our quiz. Mon, see if you can figure this one out. Who am I? Right. I had decreed, sorry, I had issued a decree forbidding to pray to any God or man except me for 30 days. Just a little bit despotic. (laughs) Yeah, just slightly. A bit of an ego happening there. Bit of a God complex. Indeed. Try to force people to break the Ten Commandments. I should have another goes before me. Anyway, over the weekend, uh, Mark Fowler, who is a lawyer and adjunct professor of uh, law at Notre Dame uh, Law School in Sydney, put a very interesting uh, piece in uh, in the Australian newspaper. Okay. Uh, made some very very obs- interesting observations about the Israel Folau. Um, saga that continues. Mm-hmm, we, I mm-hmm. think we need to call it a saga because it's, it's definitely going to be something that is going to be in the news for some time yet and definitely in the public, uh, the area of the, the domain of public debate and discussion. Yes. And so I thought I'd share with you some of the, uh, the, 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 the comments that he was making, some of the observations that uh, he was sharing, um, particularly in relationship to religious liberty here in Australia, as it as it um, as it stands in Australia at this time, because we sort of do wonder: do we have any religious liberty in, in Australia right now? And of course, at the outset, I do want to once again make it very clear that I don't like the way that Israel Folau, um made his statement, and I'm not supporting his method of uh, sharing what he shared, but. Regardless of what he shared and whether or not I agree with how he did it or what he said, I very, very vehemently defend his right to be able to do so. Amen. Same. Yeah. Um, and that's really the issue here is does a person have the right to practice their religion? And for many people, their religion requires expression. For most people, I think their religion requires expression. And so if you're, part of your religion is expressing your religion, then uh, what do we do with that? Um, so last week, of course, Falau, um filed proceedings in the Fair, Fair Work Commission um, against Rugby Australia for his dismissal. But it's interesting to look up at, look at the events that led up to that. So last, uh, when was it? Last year, the year before, we had the uh, same-sex marriage plebiscite, which led to the Ruddock Review. Now, the Ruddock Review was into religious liberty in Australia to find out, you know, do, what, what do we actually have here in Australia that supports religious liberty? And what they found was that we have no legal framework for religious liberty. We simply have a few weak exemptions here and there 
that uh, that sort of give a limited amount of religious liberty. And because of the kind of society that we are, up until this point, it's never really been needed because we just have automatically done it. It's kind of frightening, actually. It is frightening because religious liberty is an aberration of history. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's not something that has been, you know, standard down through history. It has been very, very rare through history that's ever actually uh, happened. And the government recognised that the same-sex marriage uh, plebiscite and um, legalising same-sex marriage was going to have uh, a massive impact on religious liberty, hence the reason they commissioned the Ruddock Review. Now, um, after that, of course, we had uh, Scott Morrison who um, made a commitment to um, do the to, to create the Commonwealth Religious Discrimination Act. Okay. Uh, this, of course, came out of the Ruddock Review and some of the uh, some of the things that we were seeing there in the Ruddock Review. And so Scott Morrison said, "Yeah, okay, we need to have we need to do something about this." Uh, which, once again, okay, it's better than a few vague exemptions, but it isn't going anywhere near far enough. You know, there are many other countries in the world where they actually have religious liberty enshrined in their constitution. We don't have that. Uh, then, of course, at the end of last year, we had uh, Penny Wong and the Labor Party who tried and came very, very close tried so hard. to actually remove the exemptions that are giving us religious liberty right now, some of those exemptions particularly in relationship to um, any kind of education which, of course, really is what um, you know. Pretty much every religious practice involves is some form of education. It's kind of, like why wouldn't you want your country to just be a beacon of freedom? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just mind-boggling that they would work against it. Uh huh. It just boggles uh-huh. the mind. Yep. Uh, then, of course, the next event on that uh, on that journey was the federal election, which was very, very costly to Labor. So you've got Penny Wong who tries to pull this off at the end of last year and then um, I think the election has just slapped Labor around the face and they are really sitting up and taking notice right now uh, with both Chris Bowen and Anthony Albanese stating that you know Labor needs to reconnect with people of faith um, and you've got the, the, uh, the Labor unions which have you know been the traditional support base for the Labor Party you know, you've got the union bosses coming out and saying, you know, it's time Labor stood up for the working men and Israel Folau is a working man. And, you know, Labor Party needs to take a stand on this. And so when the union bosses are giving Labor Party a hard time, you sort of think, wow, you know, that's, uh, that's most interesting. Rather than protecting the, uh, the elites. And so Labor is seen as being, yes, progressive rather than conservative, but protecting the educated elites rather than the working man, which is their traditional heartland. You know, you've 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 got the Hunter Valley here, where um, you know sixty seventy percent of the vote went to conservative candidates, uh, with One Nation and the um, National Party, uh, which is you know Labour heartland. You know, with all its coal mines and so forth. I never would have thought that this whole Israel Folau debate would just be so far-reaching. Yeah, and and yeah. you know what? I'm actually glad because when Israel Folau came out and, and posted his thing, I'm like, that was you know, you could have expressed this a lot better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to if you want to make statements on these kinds of issues, there is much better ways of doing it than the way that you've done it. But I'm actually glad it's happened 
because it is shining a light on yeah. the issue of religious liberty here mm-hmm. in Australia. It is really revealing the fact that we don't actually have it and that we need to do something about it. Yeah. Um, you know, historically, Labor has had a very strong religious base in Australia with, with religious people, you know, and, and in the past it was uh, um, Roman Catholics voted Labor, Protestants voted Liberal, kind of split, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, as a general rule, as a very general rule. But that's certainly not what it is today with uh, people of faith absolutely deserting Labor um, in droves in the last um, election. So um, now, of course, you've got Mark Latham who has proposed a Religious Freedom Act um, rather than a Religious Anti-Discrimination Act, which would be another level higher again um, of protection. Um, so it'd be interesting to look, you know, to, to see over the coming months what actually comes out of this. Will we get a Religious Freedom Act? Will we get a Religious Anti-Discrimination Act? Will we get nothing? Will we get our religious liberty taken away? Um, I think that Labor has had enough of a smack around the face that uh, they would be they would be fools to to go back and uh, you know to, to the position of Penny Wong and so forth that they had at the end of last year. Uh, anyway, so what would it look like? A Religious Freedom Act, um, there are many of these around the world where basically other laws have no power if they are then inconsistent with that act. Now, many people ask me the question about Section 116 of our Constitution, which was placed there um, predominantly by Seventh-day Adventists at the time of Federation to protect religious liberty here in Australia. Uh, we, we, as a church, we mounted a very strong campaign to uh, to ensure that that particular um, aspect and that particular section was placed in our constitution. But the way that it has been applied by the High Court in Australia is that it only impl- applies to employees and government employees. So if you're a consumer, you're a business, you're a student, you're a professional, you're a patient or you're a contractor, and there are many, many contractors in, in Australia today because of uh, you know, the way that um, labor laws work, you have zero protection from a religious liberty basis. Really? Yeah. That's not great. None whatsoever. It's really dangerous. Um, and the Ruddock reported, you know, cited so many examples of religious discrimination that it basically had to list them under common themes. And, uh, you know, things like people being fired for expressing, um, you know, opposition to same-sex marriage, bullying, intolerance, coercion, um, and just, you know, numerous instances of people suppressing their religious views so that they could keep their jobs. And, you know, venues cancelling, refusing bookings uh, because people have expressed a view in relationship to, at that particular time, the uh, same-sex marriage issue. And so, yeah, the Falau case is certainly uh, really, really placed a spotlight on all of these events. It will be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me therefore will I call upon him the name of the Toward me, I will 
to Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and mine. We have the happy pleasure of having uh, Pastor David Stojic back in the studio with us this morning. Welcome again, uh, Pastor David Stojic. I always know that we're about to get some wisdom whenever, oh. whenever you come in the studio. And, um, I always appreciate the messages and the guidance that you provide us with. Um, and today in particular, we actually have a topic for young people or people like myself who aren't young anymore, but, but are still not married. Um, and it's actually a topic on sexual purity, um, which is an important topic, maybe a little bit controversial for some. But do you know what? We actually don't talk about this one frequently enough, do we? No, no, Monica, you, you're right. Uh, um, as as pastors, um, I'm talking about myself, maybe Lyle when he's here as well, uh, and and even people who who actually are involved in full time work within the church in whatever capacity, uh, we we don't talk too much about this topic. Uh, actually, um, I, I was kind of searching my own soul as I was preparing for, for, for this program and for this morning. I was thinking, when did I last talk about this topic? And and um, I generally tend to speak about this when I engage with people in, in premarital counseling. Uh, and, um, and by that time, probably it's a, a little bit you know, almost too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's um, it's really a timely topic, a relevant topic. I would like to say that what we will be talking about this morning, I sincerely hope that people will will benefit from it. It won't be like something that you know, don't do this, don't do that, whatever, whatever. That actually people will will be able to to think about this very very clearly and and um, and um, you know that they will be able to take a course of action that that will be very beneficial for them for the rest of our life. As I was thinking about, uh, Monica, why we don't talk about this topic, a person came to my mind, person of the past, by the name of Augustine Aurelius, uh, (laughs) who lived in the 4th, 5th century. uh, uh, um, and and Just for our benefit of our audience, I think we should uh, clarify. So Augustine Aurelius, he was also known as St. Augustine of Hippo. And uh, he was actually an early Christian philosopher and theologian from North Africa, actually. And he lived in Rome, Milan, and Hippo, which is known as today as Algeria. That's right. And um, he was ordained uh, in those places as a priest, and he later became 
Elizabeth Bishop. So those of you are wondering who that guy is, that's who he is. <laughs> uh, had a very profound interest, uh, I mean, uh, impact on, and, and really? influence on, 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 on Christian theolo- theology, okay. even today. Uh, and uh, so he's the one. He, he was brought up in a divided home. His father was a non-believer and his mother was a Christian. Uh, in his youth, uh, when he was about 17 age, uh, years of age, I think he mo- moved first to Carthage, which was a regional, big regional center in North Africa, and then he moved to, to Rome. And he got uh, involved uh, in a very hedonistic, morally loose life uh, with a number of sexual encounters. And uh, since the age of 17, he lived in a relationship with a woman for 15 years okay. and fathered a son by the name of uh, Adeodotus. Uh, and, and it's kind of interesting, uh, uh, in his famous uh, work called Confessions, he penned, he penned a prayer, probably reflecting his early experience. Uh, the prayer was, Lord, grant me chastity. And continence, well, continence is not what we kind of yes, <laughs> refer to. Yes, wondering the, there. <laughs> <laughs> continence, uh, meaning sexual abstinence or restraint. He says, Lord, grant me chastity and continence, uh, but not yet. <laughs> uh, and, and so, so uh, he wasn't, he knew where he had to be. You know, intellectually, he knew what was right and what was wrong, but his flesh was, was, was longing for some other experience. So his mother insisted he married a woman of his status. And so he broke up the relationship uh, with his uh, lover, uh, a lady that he lived in out of wedlock and had a son to uh, for 17 years mm. and, and promised to, to marry a very young uh, a lady. While he was waiting for her to become of age, of marriage age, he decided that he was not going to, to, to marry anyone. And so he dedicated his life to to, 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 to God uh, and he never married for the rest of his life that's very interesting I was wondering why you'd bring up Augustine um, <laughs> so in his wild use a youth I mean some would argue um, that this caused him to form a I guess an extreme view of human sexuality um, that is you know it had a negative impact on the generations regenerations of Christians since then um, and this very this view of sexuality is is not something people should enjoy, of course, within the context of marriage, but something that is a necessary evil. I mean, this prayer just speaks volumes about it being a necessary evil um, that should be practiced solely, you know, in the function of procreation. And that's correct, uh, Monica. And for this reason, I think we need to discuss things. We need to know about sexuality and sexual purity, and then perhaps. Uh, we can look at some strategies for maintaining sexual purity uh, uh, the following week or in the following weeks. That sounds good. Let's get some clarity. Uh, what do we need to know? Well, number one, when we look uh, from the godly Christian perspective, biblical perspective, sex is good. God created it, and it existed before there was any sin in the world. So, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) So, because it feels like there's a monopoly on the other side. So, you're saying sex was not created by Satan or Playboy or Hollywood or HBO or (laughs) rock musicians or the internet? You're saying it was created by our holy God of heaven where purity reigns? Yes, God made uh, made sex physically desirable by creating us with sex drives uh, without uh, without uh, without which sex wouldn't exist and neither would would people. So God's 
Ward speaks openly of the pleasure of sex within the marriage relationships. You, you find that in Proverbs, in Songs of Solomon, you know, the wise man is, is saying to, to, to enjoy, enjoy it, you know, enjoy, well, he's talking to men, enjoy the, with the, with the wife, with the, with, the, with the woman of your youth, with the wife, and so on and so on. So we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about what God uh, wasn't ashamed to create. However, God requires us to address the subject in keeping with his intentions and requirements, uh, not the world's standards. So he wants us not to talk about sex in, in any, uh, you know, inappropriate context. Uh, like, for instance, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. He's talking to Christians, of course, or in, or of any kind of impurity or of greed because there is improper, uh, these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be ob- obscenity, which is obviously, you know, that kind of talk, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place. So God designed sex for the sacred union of marriage and reserves it for that union. It is for uh, both the means by which children are conceived and and the means by which marital intimacy is expressed and cultivated uh, when it takes place in the pro- in its proper context uh, monica so yeah well it's good to know that god is the one who gave us sexuality as a gift and as something to enjoy actually <laughs> well and, and i think this is this is unfortunately this has been the 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 um the negative contribution of of augustine uh bec- because uh because probably of his, and I mean, if he was now dissected by some psychologists, <laughs> so on and so on, it would be very, very clear that he never, it looks like he never got rid of the guilt. Yeah, of, it sounds of, like he had a lot of baggage uh, attached to it. That, that's right. Yeah. And so, so he threw, threw the baby uh, uh, away with, with, with the bath water, you know, out with the, with the bath water. So, so, so the gift of sexuality. But what we need to remember talking from biblical perspective is the boundaries uh, uh, like all good gifts from God sex can be misused and and perverted uh, like for instance uh, Monica something that probably we all can can relate uh, relate to water is a gift of God without which we couldn't survive but floods and tidal waves are water out of control and the effects are devastating Fire is an energy-producing gift of God that gives warmth and allows us to cook. But a forest fire or a house burning to the ground or a person engulfed in, in flames is fire out of control. It is horrible and frightening. So I guess you get the idea, don't yeah. you? <laughs> you? Yeah, know, absolutely. That, 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 that God designed the boundaries for this beautiful thing to be, to be exercised within. And, and that is one man, one woman in the confines of marriage so the problem is not the sex it's the way how it is it is it is uh, uh, it is used we're going to take a quick song break we're going to leave that right there definitely some food for thought and uh, we'll be back uh, with the second half of this very important topic stay tuned we Buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us Said our goodbyes at the grave But everything reminds us I'd know 
Welcome back to The Breakfast Show. You are listening to David Stojic uh, with a very important interview about sexual purity. Definitely a, a topic we don't talk about enough. It's super important. We definitely need to learn a bit about how our world has come to so many different views about sex. Uh, we talked a little bit about the history with uh, St. Augustine and uh, and how he, his lack of Boundaries created imbalance. Really, that's right. His, boundaries his, his create guilt. balance, and his guilt as well. Exactly, and how that perverted a good thing. Because we learned that sex comes from God. Yes. Uh, God is pro-sex. Actually, that's um, right. sex is a good thing, Patriotic. a positive thing. Exactly. And um, we were just talking a little bit uh, about you know why God is. I guess why it's a gift from God and, and how we've misused it and perverted like so many things that God has given us. We've, right. we've just 
totally destroyed. Um, I do want to ask you uh, about the boundaries because boundaries are very important. Boundaries really do create balance. Um, so boundaries for the sex relationship are the boundaries of marriage, which we were just mentioning. Um, and God is the author of the first marriage on this planet and he clearly gave Adam and Eve the gift of sexuality to enjoy and also to procreate, right? That's right. Uh, uh, as you just used some analogies before we, we had the break, you know, that, that uh, even a good thing, if it is not basically within certain boundaries, such as water that can flood, mm-hmm. you know, or fire that can burn out of control. So, so, uh, so exercising that, that, that beautiful gift of sexuality and sex, uh, outside of the, of the, of the boundaries of marriage, burns people, destroys people, wounds people. Uh, God is not a killjoy. God wants us to enjoy life and enjoy sexualities. And, 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 and the best place to enjoy that based on God, based on the scripture is, is, is marriage. So, so, um, Sex and marriage go together. Uh, sexual union is the, is intended as an expression. And this is now the key, uh, Monica. Se- uh, um, sexual union is intended as an expression of a lifelong commitment. A symbol of the spiritual union that exists only within the unconditional commitment of marriage. Apart from marriage, the lasting commitment is absent and the sex act becomes a false expression, a lie. Wow. Uh, so, so every act of sex outside of marriage cheapens both sex and marriage. And so sex is a privilege inseparable from the responsibility of the sacred marriage covenant. So now look, we have these two things. We have, we have privilege. A lot of people want that privilege, but they don't want to make a commitment. And so, so for this reason, there is so much disappointment. There is so much hurt. Sex is des- designed to be the joining of two persons or two spirits. So it has deep spiritual Spiritual aspect. Uh, it is not just uh, just basically exchange of body fluids and 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 and, and interaction of body uh, bodily parts. It is actually even far far more profound relationship uh, of two human beings that 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 has to be exercised in the context of trust and commitment. And, and so for this reason, um, you know, when people say, "Oh, but we really love each other." You know, why can't we do it? And it's, it's, it's a pleasurable, uh, you know, experience. You know, what harm there is to that? Uh, I just sincerely wish this, that people actually really looked into that and understood, understood all the implication of sexual, a sexual, uh, uh, relationship between a man and a woman. There has to be trust, has to be commitment. It's a spiritual kind of thing, not just physical thing. It's an emotional connection. It seems tragic that the world has mostly gone the other way. So people don't want commitment and yet they want the sexual intimacy. And as you're just saying about, you know, there's a spiritual element to it. Um, You know, I mean, because this obviously leads to disappointment and emotional pain. And if there's a spiritual element, it also impacts one's walk with God, doesn't it? Yes, and, and and there is so much more, Monica, that we could say, and probably maybe 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 a bit later we can. But but definitely, what you're saying is absolutely correct. Um, our life, and especially our sexuality, really impacts uh, our relationship with God, and our relationship with God will actually impact on our on the way how we exercise 
uh, uh, and practice our sexuality. So, so our sexual purity is essential to our walk with God. Uh, sexual purity is not an option for an obedient Christian. It's a requirement. Uh, God's will is centered on our character and moral purity much more than our circumstances such, such as job, housing, and schooling. Uh, well, the question is, uh, do we want to know God's will? <laughs> we don't need to wonder, wonder there. Uh, well, here is what God says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. So there is no, there is no sense of seeking God's will in uh, uh, other areas when we are choosing to live in sexual impurity in, 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 in uh, our mind, in our body. So, um, you know, there are many, many texts, uh, um, uh, Monica, that, that we could, could, uh, could actually quote uh, there. That, do, do, do any of these texts come to your mind? Um, Psalm 24, is there one there? Like the yes. first few verses? Yes, yes. Um, hang on, let me look at that. Psalm 24, verses 3 to 4. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? <laughs> he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Yes, yeah, so there is this, this aspect of purity in every aspect of our, of, our, of our life. Then then Psalm 66 and verse 18, for instance, a very, we use this text um, when we are talking in the context of prayer. Uh, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Very, very uh, direct text. Uh, if I have cherished sin, what does that mean? If I have missed the mark, if I'm not actually consistent with the, with, with the revealed will of God, uh, and as you just said, if you are seeking the will of God in our career, in our, in our whatever we are doing in our life, and we are neglecting the will of God in that significant area of our human sexuality, then, you know, it's almost like pointless, isn't it? Any other texts that come to your mind? Yes, um, Proverbs 28 verse 9. If anyone turns a deaf ear to the law, even his prayers are detestable. <laughs> That's, that harkens back to the whole cherished sin again, yeah. That's right. And if there is one cherished sin that I, that I would like to, to basically, you know, that we can talk about, that's that, that sin of, of basically indulging in that kind of, uh, less than desirable and really very harmful way of actually damaging our psyche, our body, our mm. spiritual life. Uh, you know, uh, sexual purity is inseparable from a committed Christian life. Uh, and, and so, so it's very, very important to keep, keep this, this in mind. What about Zechariah 7.13? Uh, that says, When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord Almighty. That's heavy. That's a heavy one, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. And, and, and look, when we, when we uh, read these texts, um, uh, Monica, it may appear that, like, you know, God is very harsh, you know, in, 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 in saying, you don't do this, I don't do that. But, but, but the way I understand this is, if God says, okay, this is the context in which you can enjoy life, in which you can be safe, I actually cannot bless you, even if I want to, outside of that context, then I would say it is on us, it is a requirement for us to Get it within that context where the shower of showers of God's blessings are being poured, and where we can re- re- richly receive them. 
I mean, the scriptures we've just quoted, they're, they're quite clear. And yet it looks like a lot of people are overlooking them to their own detriment. Yes. Uh, you know, that, that that's God would not tell us to abstain from impurity if it was impossible to obey God. You know, so, so God is not cruel. God is not saying, hey, do this knowing that we can never do it. Uh, and, and I just would like to read Titus 2.12, The grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So God is not just giving us the direction. He's saying, hey, I'm not going to leave you to your own devices. I'm here to help. So what if people are living and have lived an impure life and they want to change? Like, Is there any hope for them? Oh, I'm so glad that, that, that as Christian people uh, we can say, because some people have, have, have had this problem with sexual impurity or, or whatever. Some people have problem with lying, with other sins or whatever. All sins you know, uh, can disqualify us from, from God's best. And, and when it comes to this very topic that we're talking about, 1 John 1 9 and 2 Corinthians 5 17 are the texts that come to my mind. 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unright, right, unrighteousness. If we confess and repent. And 2 Corinthians 5 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So we can have a new start, and today could be the day for a new, of a new start for many people. Maybe those who have heard this, God has spoken to them right now this morning, and maybe today they are deciding, as of today, by God's grace, I want to put myself within the context where God truly can bless me. And and uh, I sincerely hope, I'm sure you do too, um, uh, Monica, that uh, our conversation this morning has been helpful to some people. Oh, absolutely, Pastor Sojic. Thank you so much for sharing. And do you know what? This is such an important topic. I think we'll continue this next time. So let's keep talking about this. Uh, thanks for joining us today and uh, back with the show. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Bought some jeans at Target and ripped apart the pocket on Sunday. Hallelujah. Payslip on the carpet and burnt it in the market on Monday. Hallelujah. Some of businesses, as I'm sure you got. Couldn't pay the water bill and haven't had a shower 
since Wednesday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While merging on the freeway, I hear the Ford focus on Thursday. Hallelujah. Without a car, I couldn't make appointments on Friday. Hallelujah. I lost my job. Hallelujah. It's not my business, she says. I'm sure you got your reasons, so just say hallelujah. I came to church a beggar and found I have a savior, so just say hallelujah. I came to church a beggar and found I have a savior, so just say hallelujah.